One Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And for more information, please visit us on the web at onechurch.net. Father, we just thank you so much for your incredible grace and mercy in our lives. And we thank you that we are called by your name. We pray, Lord, in line with your prayer, Lord Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, in this room, this day, as it is in heaven, in our city, in Winter Park, and the surrounding regions, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask you, Lord, today that you would touch our lives and our hearts and Help us to be open to your word and help us to be not just hearers of it, but help us to be doers of it. Let us live it out for your glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Wow. What a great, great day. So many good things that uh, God is doing. And uh, we just are extremely excited about where God is taking the church. I, I have the privilege of preaching this morning. Justin has the privilege of listening. <laughs> Anders, good to see you on that this morning on that screen. I thought, come on, another generation carrying it out. And uh, Hannah, is this your first Sunday here? Yeah. Hannah started. Hannah, stand up. Yeah, I. I why don't you just welcome Hannah, and uh, thank you, Hannah. You can be seated. I, I'll tell you, Hannah just moved here from Stockholm, Sweden, and uh, she is working at Lineage, and she is a part of Park District, and this is her first day. You're going to be seeing more of her. She's going to be serving as an intern here. She's been working very closely how many of you remember about three weeks ago, four weeks ago, Johannes Amritzer was here? Yeah. Well, she's been working with Mission SOS there in Stockholm for the past, what, three years? Three years. Man. And I've known her all her life, okay? Uh, her dad worked for me in Virginia. And in fact, I'll be with her dad in two weeks. We leave two weeks from today for Russia and uh, going back to some of our old stomping grounds in Nova Sibir, Siberia. So Hannah, it's really cool to have you here and have you a part of One Church family. Why don't you just one more time welcome her to here. Well, listen, this is the third message in the series, As It Is in Heaven. As It Is in Heaven. And uh, just some tremendous truths. I've been listening to the messages that Justin preached, and I'm thinking, man, he just grabbed my heart. And uh, one of the statements that he made just a couple of weeks ago is that God does not just want you to go to heaven when you die, okay? You, too many people are living with like, okay, you go to heaven when you die. Well, I'm glad we go to heaven when we die. But how many of you know this, that God wants to do more than just take you to heaven when you die? He wants you to experience heaven right here on planet earth. That's what he was praying when he prayed, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. 
So he wants us to experience heaven right here on earth. He wants us to live in it and be proclaimers of it. He wants us to be actually those who extend it. I, uh, I love this passage of Scripture in Revelation. Um, I believe it's Revelation 10, 15, and it, 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 it simply says this, Thy, uh, the, the angel is sounding a, a trumpet, and he makes an announcement. And the announcement is this, that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever. Actually, Revelation 11, Revelation 11, verse 15, that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ, and He shall reign. In other words, the prayer that Jesus prayed, how many of you know when Jesus prays a prayer, it comes to pass? Okay? That the prayer that Jesus prayed will become a reality. That the kingdoms of this world, now, He's not just talking about political kingdoms, although that is one aspect. There are multiple aspects of the kingdom of God. In fact, there are those that are, have broken it down into various aspects of culture to where it's the kingdom of business, Paul. The kingdom of business will become the kingdom of our God and of His Christ. The kingdom of entertainment and arts shall become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. All the kingdoms of this world Yes, political kingdoms, but more than that, cultural kingdoms become the kingdoms of our God and of His Christ. And He shall reign. And He shall reign. Now, how is this going to become a reality? The fact of the matter is this, that every single one of you, y'all were thanking God a few minutes ago for salvation. You were, yes, we're cheering God, we're praising God for salvation. Every single one of you who have experienced salvation not only experience the forgiveness of your sins, but you experience a supernatural calling from God. You see, it's not just people that are on a platform like this that are called to teach and preach that have a calling. Every single one of us have a calling. You have a calling if you're a school teacher. If, if, if that's where you believe God has placed you, that is a calling from God. If you're a businessman or a businesswoman and you believe that is the, the path, the vocation that God has thrust you into, you have a calling. You are just as much called by God as anybody who occupies this platform in preaching and teaching is called by God. You see, we need to understand, we need to shake off of us old mindsets that says, you know, those people are called by God. God wants to do something through them. Let me go watch what they do and celebrate what God does through them. But, you know, I'm just, you know, who I am, and I'm, I'm nobody. We need to get rid of that kind of thinking. You are somebody in God. You have been ordained by God and purposed by God. You have a destiny in God. You are called to extend the borders of the kingdom of God. Can we give God a hand clap of thanks? God has called you. So God sends His Holy Spirit to us. And His Spirit equips us 
and gives us power. Power to do what? Power to be a witness, yes, but more than that, power and authority to extend the borders of the kingdom of God. And so Justin began this series, he talked about kingdom vision. Vision. It starts where you are. And he spoke to Abram and said, said, I want you to look out from where you are, I want you to look out. You see, for every single one of us, the kingdom of God begins not with some kind of magical thought off in the future, but it begins right where you are. You see, God wants to begin to use you, use me, not, Lord, if I can only get there, I know you could use me. If I could only be that kind of person, you could use me. If I only had the gifts that that person has, I know you could use me. No. God takes you right where you are, just the way you are, and He uses you to extend the borders of His kingdom. We don't have to wait for some kind of special moment in time or special place to get there. All we have to do is say, yes, Lord, from right where I am, will you begin to use me and watch what God begins to do. You see, so that's the way the kingdom of God advances. So Justin was talking about kingdom vision. Then last week he spoke on kingdom blessing. In other words, that the kingdom of God operates with certain strategic process. An amazing way. It's a strategy by God. And what is that strategy? To bless. To bless. You see, God doesn't only want to bless you. Thank God he does bless us. God wants to make you and me a blessing. I become an instrument in His hands to extend blessing to others. So, God wants me to see the world from His perspective. Then God wants me to step in and become an instrument of blessing to the world. I literally become His hands, His voice. I become His, as Paul called it, ambassador ambassador. And that's what I want to speak to you on today. And that is kingdom authority. Kingdom authority. A number of years ago, actually it was in the 70s, a pastor by the name of Jack Hayford wrote a song. It was a worship song that literally became very popular globally called Majesty. Some of you perhaps have heard it. And he literally says in there, Majesty, kingdom authority, flow from his throne unto his own his anthem raise. The fact of the matter is this, that as we say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ, as we say, yes, Lord, we thank you that you've forgiven me of my sin. You, you have come into my life. Thank you that I have eternity to look forward to with you. God, I also have a calling right now to carry out under your anointing and under your grace. Every one of you are called. And you have been given by God at the moment of your salvation. You have been given by God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that down payment for what you will once get, one day get as you find the fulfillment of heaven. But as soon as you got saved, guess what? Heaven came into your heart. Heaven came into my heart. And now we become carriers of the message and carriers of a living reality of extending heaven to earth 
by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is authority. And I want you to look with me, and I'm going to preach perhaps a little different today because I'm going to get in a little bit to some very practical points about how we do this. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 20, and Paul makes this statement. I love this passage. The entirety, the, even the verses before this, crystallize what happens when God comes into a person's life and how they should begin to view the world. In fact, he even says, so from this point forward, we don't view anybody from a worldly point of view. We start looking at the world different. We start behaving different. We start speaking different. We start walking out a life in Christ in a different way than we did before. So he says this in verse 16, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Have you ever been guilty of looking at somebody and saying, man, they are one messed up person. I'm, I, you know, God can do something with a lot of people, but I don't think he can do anything with them. You know, I, I, I find it amazing, amazing to watch what God does in the life of somebody. I, I, Sean Boltz, who is a prophetic voice, four years ago spoke. He says, I see, I see a vision. And some people thought he was absolutely out of his mind. He said, I see in a vision Kanye West saved and becoming a worship leader to the body of Christ. People thought, that man is out of his ever-loving mind. I'm judging that word, and that word's crazy. But what's happening now? What's happening now? It may not look like traditional church, but praise God, we don't need more traditional church. We need the kingdom of God to come to earth. And here Kanye's doing these things called Sunday services and packing out stadiums and worshiping God and glorifying Jesus. Let me tell you something. That's the kingdom of God coming to earth. God is transforming a generation. He's claiming people for his own. So we don't judge people from a worldly point. We don't look at people and say, well, God can't use them. Huh. Somebody may have looked at you that way. But guess what? God's using you. God's grabbed a hold of you. Then he goes on to say, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he, anyone is in Christ, the new creation is coming. He's the new creation. It's come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God. Reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I want to stop there just for a moment because I want to elaborate. What happens is this that when we say yes to Jesus Christ, yes, our sins are forgiven, but the Holy Spirit invades our life and God makes us brand new. Now, you may not look brand new, you may not talk brand new. You may not smell brand new, but I've got good news. When you've received Jesus, you're brand new. And it starts from the inside and begins to work its way out. And the longer you're walking with God, the more that takes hold of your life, 
to where you look at your life a few years later and you go, man, I can't believe I used to be like that and now look what God has done in my life. That is the redemptive work of God. That is heaven coming to earth in your life. That's the transforming grace of God that takes a broken, messed up person and heals them and forgives them and restores them and gives them a destiny and a purpose for the glory of God. Wow! Wow! What a God! What a God! So he says, we don't regard people from a worldly point of view. We don't look at that and say they're too far gone, too messed up. And he says, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciles us to himself. In other words, our broken, messed up relationship with God is healed and restored through the grace of God. And then he says, and he gives to you, gives to me, the ministry of reconciliation. Maybe you didn't know you were called to ministry, but you were called to ministry. And here is the definition of that ministry. It is a ministry of reconciliation. That means that you have a call from God to heal that which is broken, that which is separated from God. You have a ministry to bridge that gap between God and man and see relationship between God and man restored. And also, you have a ministry of reconciling man to man. You see, it's not just the ministry of reconciling God to man, but when every broken relationship on earth is really only a manifestation of our broken relationship with God. It's an earthly manifestation of what's going on between mankind and heaven. How many of you know when in the, God creates man, he puts him in the garden and as long as he walked with God in the cool of day, there was this incredible unity that existed. But as soon as man began to go his own way and he broke relationship with God, relationship with humanity was broken. And you see Cain killing Abel. You see this division that begins to come on planet earth. And every one of us are called. Listen, you are called by God. I am called by God. To reconcile men to God and men to men. That is mankind to mankind. Let's read on. That God was reconciling, verse 19, the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's or people's sins against them, and has committed to us, here he says, now the message of reconciliation. Earlier, we have a ministry of reconciliation. Now we have a message of reconciliation. We are, verse 20, we are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. You are an ambassador. That's not some kind of wild figment of Paul's imagination that is a living reality in our life that by the Holy Spirit you have been empowered to become an ambassador of the kingdom of God. I remember a number of years ago I was working in Africa in a small nation called Benin. Anybody ever heard of Benin? I was working in Benin. And God had opened the doors of that nation to us. 
from the president literally right on down. The man that invited us was a man named Romain Zano, who was working directly to the president, Matthew Caracou. Matthew Caracou had just gotten saved. He was the president of Benin at that time. And I got a call to come to Benin to work with his cabinet. And I will tell you one of the most amazing, and here I am, I'm thinking, what? Like, what? I'm, go work with the president's cabinet? Are you kidding me? I'm just saying, okay, God, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. You see, when you start praying those prayers, how many of you know there are some things that God will call you to do that you think you're not equipped to do, you don't think you're prepared to do, but let me just let you in on a secret. The Holy Spirit in you is well-equipped and well-prepared to put you forth as a messenger and ambassador if you'll just simply say yes to God. I wonder how many things that God wants to put you in the middle of. How many wild, incredible things that God wants to use you to bring reconciliation and the, the ministry and the message of reconciliation to? <clears throat> and so I had that opportunity and I went. And I started working with Matthew Caracou and with the cabinet. And during that period of time, I remember on, probably it was on my first or second visit, he was simply called Caracou and he was a an interesting man. He had been a communist dictator, and he carried a little baton underneath his arm. And you just kind of had this feeling, if you didn't stay in line, he might smack you with it. He was, he was a, a, a dictator that had experienced the saving grace of Jesus Christ. God had redeemed this man. I mean transformed this man. And now this man is leading the nation of Benin. And he's wanting to lead Benin towards God. Now Benin, if you don't know much about Benin, Benin is where the original, one of the countries where the original slaves came from to America. It is the slave, it is on the slave coast of Africa. How many of you know this, that if there's anything that we need to be ministering reconciliation to, we need to minister reconciliation among the races. We need to be the extension of the kingdom of God to see healing among peoples for the glory of God. How many of you know that there is no such thing before God is just black and white and red and yellow. In the reality, we are all one in Christ. The Bible says it's not even male and female. Hey, if we have a gender problem, that God doesn't have a gender problem. God looks at us, and He wants to see us healed, and He wants to see us whole. And I remember we went there with that in mind. And we wanted, He wanted, I remember Karakou saying, what I want to see, I want to see my nation restored. We sowed the seeds. We literally sold our people into slavery. And I stand and I repent of the sins of my fathers and the selling of our people into slavery. And we want to see our nation healed and restored. And we dedicate this nation to Jesus Christ. Man. We had the opportunity to work together. And I remember he called me one day and invited me to come to the palace. And I went to the palace, and I stood in this big, massive room. And he said, do you know what this room is? And I said, no, I don't know what this room is. He said, I, I want you to, this is the room where I receive ambassadors of nations. 
Whenever an ambassador of a nation is sent to Benin, he comes into this room and I receive him. And I recognize him as an ambassador of his nation. And it's here where he shows me his credentials of the nation that sent him. In other words, his papers that give him authority to be an ambassador. And I receive him and I recognize him as a legitimate voice of his government to my government. That's exactly what Paul is saying here. That day Karakou said to me, he said, I want you to know you are an ambassador of the kingdom of God to my nation and I receive you as an ambassador. I'm like, hallelujah. But let me just tell you something. Not just was I called as an ambassador, you are called as an ambassador. Every one of you are ambassadors. That's what Paul is saying here. You are therefore Christ ambassadors. As if God were making his appeal through you. You see, just like Karaku receives papers from various nations at that time, he would receive the papers that would give authority to those ambassadors that would come to his nation. You and I have been given papers. We've been given the authority to be an ambassador on behalf of the kingdom of God. That's what Paul is saying. Now listen, all authority comes from God. He is the seed of all authority. And God, since he is the seat of all authority, has the right, would you agree, to delegate authority. So you and I don't have authority of our own. We have delegated authority given to us by God himself. So I become a legitimate extension of the kingdom of God everywhere I go. Everywhere you go, when you're at work, you're an extension of the kingdom of God. You are a legitimate representative of the kingdom of God. When you're in your neighborhood, you're, an ex- you're a legitimate extension of the kingdom of God. So it's absolutely imperative that we understand that we are extending the government of God to planet earth. How many of you hear what I'm saying this morning? You and I have authority given to us by God. Who, what is an ambassador? An ambassador is an accredited diplomat sent by a government as its official representative to a foreign country. Now, when you got saved, you became a citizen of the kingdom of God. You, your citizenship is not earthly. Now, you may be American, but you are more than American. You are a citizen of heaven. Paul, you are more than a Norwegian citizen. You are a citizen of heaven. And let me just let you in on a secret. Our heavenly citizenship always trumps our earthly citizenship. Okay? So we are first followers of Jesus Christ, then we are whatever else. Okay? So we are official, uncredited diplomats sent by the government of heaven as heaven's official representative on planet earth. 
So as a representative of the kingdom of God, I have a responsibility. What is my responsibility? To demonstrate both the culture and the message of that body that sent me. Now, some of you have been probably paying attention to the news over the last few weeks. And our government removed an ambassador in, I think it was Ukraine, how many of you read that story? Three people in this room read. Well, let me just brief you. <laughs> the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine was removed, and the reason given for that removal was that that ambassador was not representing this government in the, the way that they this government felt they should. So they were removed. You and I have been given authority to represent heaven. And we don't represent heaven according to the way we think. We represent heaven the, the way heaven thinks we should function. So I want to give you the, today, over these next few minutes, 10 very practical guidelines of how we represent heaven. Because you and I are called to represent heaven. Every day, Monday, tomorrow, you'll be called to represent heaven. This afternoon, every day of the week. So how do I represent heaven? First of all, I'm going to give you these what I call rules of engagement. Ten rules of engagement or practical guidelines for ambassadors. Number one. Maintain a positive attitude. Maintain a positive attitude. I want to tell you something. Nothing is worse than a negative Christian. Nothing is worse than a Christian, somebody who proclaims the name of Jesus and lives their life down in the dumps, miserable, mean-spirited. In other words, you and I, if we're going to be legitimate representatives of the kingdom of heaven, we ought to live our life 24-7 filled with the joy of the Lord. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. In other words, there ought to be a smile on our face. There ought to be, our, our eyes ought to be dancing every single day. Does that mean you don't have problems? No, you will have problems. You will have times. You will have difficulties. But let me let you in on a secret. The greater one lives within you, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. So you live and walk with supernatural victory every single day of your life. So we as men and women of faith ought to be positive. How many of you know the world's a pretty negative place? Just flip on the television. You'll find just how negative it is. But we don't represent this world. We represent another world. And as citizens of another kingdom, we are men and women of faith, and we have a positive outlook on life and a positive outlook on the circumstances that affect people's lives. Can you say amen? Give Jesus a hand clap of faith. Yeah. Number two, not only do we maintain a positive attitude, we honor boundaries and relationships. Ooh, learn to honor boundaries and relationships. I want to tell you, there are some places I just will not go in conversation. I received a phone call 
you know, most of you know or many of you know that we have a school. And we get a phone call a week ago from somebody because it's become a huge controversy in the world, particularly because as a, a, a Christian school, we got 500 plus kids, students, another 100 or so teachers. And so about 600 people are on that campus at Markham every single day, and we're seeing God at work in the lives of people in the most amazing ways. In fact, I popped my head in this week, and we had the platform was literally filled with these little kids in there worshiping God and singing out top of their lungs. I'm saying, man, that is so good. How many of you know this? The kingdom of darkness doesn't like to see that happen. And so we'll look for opportunities to create criticism and create chaos in any way, shape, or form. And so there's a lot of controversy that whirls around. This whole thing with LGBTQ rights has become a huge controversy in education. And so we get this call we first get an email from a <clears throat> anonymous that comes in, and I get a phone call from Kristen Campbell, who leads the school, and she said, what do I do with this? I said, don't answer it. That's what you do with it. You leave it alone. We did a little more digging, come to find out it was the newspaper. Hiding behind anonymous, looking to create a story. Now, why were they looking to do that? Because we have funding that comes from the state for Step Up, which is an education support for families. And they want to see all that stopped, of course. Don't want to see anybody, any children receiving anything that would be Christian education. We'll stop it. Now, let me tell you something. Here's what happens to so many people. They get lured into conversations that ultimately will have no good end. And so I immediately sent out to all of our staff, all of our pastors and all of our locations and all of our, it's, uh, sent it to Kristen and she sent it out to all of our teachers, that we will not engage in any conversation on controversial issues with anybody who is outside of our direct spiritual covering and authority. Why do we do that? Because all we're going to do is create chaos and a firestorm of stuff trying to prove some point that we will never be able to convince anybody of outside of our spiritual authority anyway. So we have to honor, listen, if, as ambassadors of the kingdom of God, we got to be smart enough to know when to talk and when to keep our mouth shut. Okay? And we honor boundaries. We honor relationships. Now listen, in the context of spiritual uh, authority or pastoring in the counseling sessions, we sit down and we share the Word of God and we, we share the Word of God in its fullness. But in the context of relationship, there is a platform of understanding that creates then an opportunity for people to become all that God wants us to be. But outside of that, all it is is an opportunity for somebody to throw a brick at us. You know what's sad? Too many people don't know the difference. And we don't need, listen, the Bible's clear that we don't enter into arguments with people. Our calling as ambassadors is not to argue our position. Our calling as ambassadors is to demonstrate the heart 
of our God to a waiting, watching world. So we learn to honor boundaries. There are some places that we just cannot go. I am not called to establish opinions, listen, on every subject to every person. My opinion is just that. It's an opinion. And I may or may not be given the right to speak. So let me just let you in on a secret. Don't blast your opinions out on social media. You're an ambassador of the kingdom of God. As an ambassador of the kingdom of God, we don't have the right to just blast our opinions. I, 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 I read sometimes what people post and I'm thinking, you would have done far better not to have said a thing. Some people think you're stupid, but sometimes you can open up your mouth and remove all doubt. Number three, live from a New Testament perspective. Always, listen, always communicate the covenant of grace. Now listen, I believe in the whole Bible. I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But I'm no longer living under the old covenant. Hello? I, I, I meet Christians from time to time and I'm thinking... I know where you must meditate 24-7. You in the Old Testament prophets because you just like, when, when you open up your mouth, it's like you're ready to skin somebody. You ever met Christians like that? I mean, they're like negative and hard and mean-spirited. I remember I came up out of, I was in London, and I came up out of the underground, and I heard somebody, and they were like abusing the public. And they were abusing the public in the name of Jesus. And I'm like, Ah, somebody shut that mouth. Please get them off. Why? Because he was not representing our God. He was representing some religious nonsense, and he was haranguing people with it. We should live not from a basis of law, but a basis of grace. What did Jesus do when he came upon the woman who was caught in adultery? What did he do? Here the Pharisees are there ready to stone her. They're ready to destroy her. What does Jesus say? Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. You see, we're not here to condemn the world. We're here to love the world. The Bible says that God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we live from a New Testament perspective, not from an Old Testament perspective. I've got to move fast. Number four, be authentic. Be authentic. If you're going to be an effective ambassador of the grace of God, you've got to be authentic. Be willing to share your own struggles and your journeys. People sense authenticity as well as a lack of it. You'll always be your best when you're being yourself. You don't have to become somebody else. You be who God made you to be. Use your various gifts, and even your journey is a part of God's message of grace that He wants to manifest through your life. You may have gone through 15 marriages, and your life has been an absolute chaotic mess. And then Jesus comes in. Guess what? You've got an incredible opportunity to testify to God's amazing restoring power that God can take a hopeless man or woman and bring hope 
and bring good, good things out of a chaotic mess. That is the gospel. So we are authentic. Number five, focus on what we are, what we're for, not what we're against. If you're going to be an effective ambassador, know what we're for. And what we're for is that God's plan for our lives is good. God has good things in store for every single one of us. Remember, our lives should reflect what we're for, not just what we're against. Always talking about things that you're against leaves people feeling downcast. Well, I'm against that, or I'm against this, or I'm against the other thing. I don't like that, or I don't like that. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. Listen, focus on what God has done, the good things that He's brought, the good things that He has in store. Do you know you can talk to people who are living lives that are all messed up, and you can look them square in the eye and say, God has better for you than that. God has better for you than that. You don't have to be in that situation. We're not here to point a finger and accuse. We're here to offer a hand and help. Number six, leave people feeling better about themselves. Have you ever met somebody that when you see them coming, you're like, uh, man, if I could get away, I would. None of you are like that. But I know people like that. When I see them coming, I'm like, uh, they're going to inform me of every problem that they've got and every illness that they've got and show me all their surgical scars and I don't want to see them. When they leave, I'm going, oh, Lord, I need to pray for a couple hours just to get the stuff off of me. That's not who we are. I don't care who you come in contact with. When you finish conversation, they ought to go, wait, man, man I just like them. I, I don't know what it is about them, but I, I just like them. I, I had a friend in England, and he... Uh, had a conversation, he was continuing to have conversations at work, and, and people just really were drawn to him. And one day, one of his friends said, I don't know what it is, there's just something different about you. I don't know what it is. Are you a vegetarian? <laughs> well, actually, no, I'm not a vegetarian. But listen, people may not know well, what it is that's different about you, but they know something is different. And you ought to leave them be feeling better about themselves when you finished a conversation than when you showed up. Number seven, always exalt Jesus. Always exalt Jesus. Listen, be deliberate about this. God, be, you, know, you can talk about God and God, everybody going, yeah, God. But God means many things, many different ways to different people. So present Jesus. Present Jesus. People don't need self-help and motivational speeches. They need the Word of God and they need Jesus Christ. Remember what he says here, you are Christ's ambassadors. Christ's ambassadors. So you represent Him. How did He live? How did He walk? How did He talk? How did He engage the public? Number eight, I've got to move quick and I'm going to wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. 
Thank you. Combine faith with transparency. Combine faith with transparency. Listen, our weakness and our strength is not the message. However, people benefit from the understanding our journey. All right? They benefit from that, from our challenges and the things that we've had to overcome in life. People benefit from that. People relate to and learn from our struggles. So we need to be able to be honest with people. We need to be able to be transparent with people. But conversely, don't be negative. Don't just be all the time telling them the first half of the story. Tell them what Jesus Christ did. Listen, have you ever heard someone share their testimony? Well, I was a drug addict for 40 years. And, I lived, and by the time they finish, you're like, okay, where are we going with this? There ought to be some place we go that lands this plane in victory. Okay? I'm no longer on drugs. Hallelujah. I've been set free by the power of God. I cried out to Jesus and I was delivered. Hallelujah. So we combine faith with our transparency. Good to tell your story, but don't leave people in the negative end of the story. Bring them all the way through to a place of victory. That's being a faithful ambassador of the kingdom of God. Yeah, give Jesus a hand clap of faith. Here's something to be, here's a practical point. Be aware of, our, of your greater audience. With the advancement of technology and social media, everybody has a phone and a camera. So nothing you say is entirely private. Just ask Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Filter everything you say through this reality. What you say in one context can often find its way into another context. Listen, if you're going to be a faithful ambassador of the kingdom of God, we've got to be smart. We've got to be smart. We've got to know how to phrase what we say, how to communicate truth in a non-offensive way. Now, truth itself can become offensive, all right? I'm just letting you know, say truth can be offensive, but you don't have to be offensive. I've seen a lot of people who are offensive, and they were offensive offending people before we ever got to the message. They just walked in and they were offensive. Don't be those kinds of people. And number 10, if you're going to be a faithful ambassador, help people believe what God has to say about them. Without exception, remind people about what God says about them. There's a lot of opposition in this world. And whenever you have an opportunity to lift people up, Always speak life to them and maximize those opportunities. Listen, everywhere I go, I try to make this a habit. I try to look for opportunities to encourage people. People get discouraged just by life. All they have to do is wake up, and there's enough going on in this world to discourage people. But you can go up and put your arm around them, put your hand on their shoulder, and just tell them how much you appreciate them and appreciate what they did. I was this week, and I was seeing one of the guys who's on our staff at the school, and he's cleaning. He's, I mean, his job's a tough job. I mean, when you've got, how many of you got kids? All right, then you understand what one or two kids can do. 
Imagine 500 of them every day. And they're throwing up on the floors and you got to... The boys' bathroom is a mess. Haven't been in the girls. It may be a mess too. And then you got these people that are there with mop and bucket serving and they're going around just singing and worshiping God and I went up to one of them and I just put my arm I said, I, I am just so blessed by you. You are such a wonderful gift to this team. Thank you for all that you do every single day. I just want you to know how much I appreciate that. Listen, don't miss an opportunity to encourage people. Listen, if you're going to be a faithful ambassador of the kingdom of God, everywhere you go, you are bringing redemption and lift into the lives of people. You've been given authority by God to carry that out. You are Christ's ambassadors. Now, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, will you enable us to extend the borders of your kingdom and make a real impact? Let heaven touch earth. Let it kiss earth where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Let's give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Amen.